good sermon for you guys this morning. We're on the whole um, God Stories um, series, and I hope you like that. We tried to pick through kind of for the summer series that we wanted to really prove that uh, the sermons that we preach, that the, the, the Bible that we read um, is not something that was just for a bunch of people several thousand years ago, but that the God that we read about in Scripture is still alive and well in the lives of his people here in now today. Amen? And so we're trying to lead off with a lot of these God stories where it's people just sharing the good things that God's doing in their lives. He's still active. And the things that that we're doing as God's followers, as his kids, to be a blessing to other people. And so I've been getting blessed, and I kind of put a priority on the staff. I really want you guys to kind of know the staff's heart and hear from the people that are out here serving you and what they do. So Pastor Tom and I have asked the staff, we want to hear a lot of God stories from the staff, but you're going to hear stories from all kinds of different people as we continue on in this series. But today we're going to kind of take a little bit of a different approach. If you look at your notes, um, I titled this sermon today, Live Small, which is kind of interesting. It's kind of uh, not talking about um, one or two big dramatic stories, But I'm going to kind of teach and bring in a bunch of little stories, and we're going to see the importance of that, and I'll get into that in a minute. But I want to share with you this. Um, A couple weeks ago, Pastor Tom and I went to um, a pastor's convention. Our church is part of the the Foursquare denomination, which is International Church of the Foursquare Gospel. So every year they have a pastor's convention. We went to Dallas in the convention center. There's about 3,000 other pastors that were gathered there together just to kind of be a blessing, equip one another, hear amazing sermons, get into times of worship, workshops, just learning and gleaning and just being refreshed. And it was good. We spent a week in Dallas and we heard some amazing speakers. Francis Chan spoke one night and it just like, it floored us literally on our knees and just seeking God. It was so good. Uh, Pastor Jack Hayford is one of the main names in the Foursquare movement as a pastor. He brought in an incredible word. We just heard all these incredible words. It was just good. Walk away from that vacation, not vacation, it was like trip, it was like an edifying trip. Walked away from that trip, just feeling blessed. I was like, oh, refreshed. I was inspired. God was speaking to me in all of these different little ways. And I felt, I felt good. You know when you've met with God and you just feel like refreshed and you had that good time and you know you're walking in God's will and everything's good. Anybody get that feeling? You know, any Christians in the room? You guys familiar with Jesus? He's, he's good. But anyway, we had that feeling. It was just like, yeah. And I came right back into um, vacation time, where even more exciting, I get to like actually be reminded that God reminds me as well as you should be rem- reminding all of you guys that we need balance in life. That God isn't just saying, Carl, your job and what I hold you accountable for is pastoring a good church. But he goes, how are you doing as a father? Because I created you to be a father. How are you doing as a husband? I created you to be a man of God in your house and leading your wife. And I believe more importantly than what I do here on the weekend is what I do with those that God has given to me who are closest to me in my life that I'm accountable for, that I'm responsible for. See, I believe that when I get to heaven on judgment day, God's first question isn't gonna be how well I did in front of all of you guys. What he's gonna say is, how'd you do with Kanani? How'd you do with Samantha and Kylie and Isaac? Those are the ones that I gave you. Those are your own. See, I'm accountable for that as we all are. We gotta remember the balance that work is only part of who we are, right? And friendships and all of that. But God's given us family. So in understanding that as my, my first ministry is family and knowing that, the importance of that, I took some time off, spent vacation time, start of the summer. And one of the things we did on one of the first Saturdays where we were all together is we called our friends. We said, hey, we're going to go to the beach. There's tons of families that we always hang out with and do the beach thing on the weekends. And so we called uh, one of our friends. And so Kanani called and, hey, what are you doing today? You want to go to the beach with us? 
oh, I actually have plans. Me and this other family, we're celebrating my birthday, their anniversary, and we got several of the families together. We're all out at a beach house on the North Shore. And we said, oh, that's cool. You know what, you guys, have a good time. We'll go to the beach. We'll find something. You know, we don't want to just invite ourselves along, right? But, but they basically came back with, no, you guys should come out here. This is church family now. They're just like, sure, of course, everybody's welcome. Crash the party. It's all about us loving each other. So we drove all out to the North Shore, and we just had the greatest time. Um, just, just being in the presence of other Christians who are just being themselves and just loving on us. And it's the kind of place and the kind of people where there was probably a good 40 people there that weekend. And maybe there's even more because people were coming in and hanging at the beach and then going out. And it was the kind of thing where we laughed, where we ate too much. We got to go diving, surfing, hanging out at the beach, just cruising around. I could let my kids run free and wild and I didn't have to be embarrassed or, or fearful of anything. The kind of place where literally sometimes in, on Sunday morning services in front of the rest of you guys that I, I don't know too well sometimes, like my daughter's the six-year-old that's climbing up the tent poles and like hanging from the tents out in the courtyard. And I always have to pretend to be like, you come down from there this instant, right? But literally at this day at the beach, I'm just going, go wild. I don't even care. These people don't care. They're family. And my kids are running wild. Their kids are running wild. And we don't even care. You guys got friends like that where you don't have to put on a, a facade. You just kind of come in and go, here's me, whatever. You love me anyway. And it was that kind of a day at the beach. And here's the weird, interesting thing about this. I just came from this convention that blessed me so much. It refreshed me in the things of God. It gave me peace. And I went out to this beach day and nothing big or dramatic happened. No one preached a sermon at me. Nobody prayed over me in a, in a crazy dramatic way. There was nothing other than the fact I was just hanging out with godly people who are my friends and just having a good day. I, I woke up the next morning feeling just as refreshed, as focused on God, blessed and proud as walking away from a big dramatic spiritual conference simply by being in the presence of people that love Jesus, that love me, there was kids there. They're not kids anymore. They're in their like late 20s that used to be in my youth group back in the day. And, and they've grown up and they found amazing spouses and they're having beautiful kids and they're sitting there and they're, they're honoring me just in the way that they, they talk to me. And I was so proud of them and I was so blessed. And the funny thing is that day, none of those people even knew that they were being a blessing to me, that they blessed their friend, their pastor, as much as me going off to some spiritual conference, they blessed me that much. I walked away. And here's what, what I want to get to today when, in the, the notes where it says live small. I believe the small things in life matter to God. I believe the small seasons in life when we don't think we're doing much, God is actually doing a lot and he can make a big difference in our lives. See, there's a verse in scripture that, that I love and it's um, the story of God's people, the Israelites in the Old Testament, they were in Babylonian captivity, right? Babylon had conquered Israel and they had taken their people captive. They were in a foreign land for 70 years. They had destroyed the temple of God in Jerusalem, which to the Jewish people, the temple was everything. It was the headquarters, the spiritual place of worship, the place where they made sacrifices, where the priests spoke, where they, they went before God, where, where the sermons were preached, where the prophecies were read. The temple is everything, their temple was destroyed. They were conquered. They were in a foreign land for 70 years. They're all coming back now, back to Judah, back to Jerusalem, the city, and their temple is gone. And they're slowly trying to find their identity again as God's people. They've been kind of beaten down. They're downtrodden. They're a little weary, but praise God, they're back in their hometown, but their temple is gone and they got to rebuild it. 
and they're living for God and they're learning how to come back to God, but they're just kind of feeling small. They're just kind of feeling like, what are we doing here? We got to rebuild this temple. There's not much going on. There's nothing dramatic in our lives. We're just, we're here. We love God. We're getting through life, but it's not a big deal. Any of you guys ever feel like that in your Christian walk sometimes at all? Or is it just me? I feel like that sometimes. As much as I'm a pastor and I do my thing, there's times in my life, like throughout the week where I'm like, there's nothing super dramatic God stories going on every week of my life. There's sometimes I'm just doing what I'm supposed to do. I'm, I'm loving Jesus, but there's, I don't really, nothing crazy dramatic happened to me. And see, I think there's a tendency sometimes for us in our lives to compare, like we hear God stories and testimonies and we're like, you know what? Like for me, I grew up in a pastor's home. My parents are pastors. Five years old, I found Jesus. I, I got saved. I asked him into my heart, Jesus, I love you. I want to commit my life to you. At about 12 years old, it got a little more real. I understood it a little bit more. I made another commitment to him. But I don't have any dramatic testimony of like what I was saved from before. Are you guys hearing me? Some of you guys are like that too. Like at five years old, I hadn't killed a man yet, right? <laughs> or ever, just to let you know. Um, <laughs> Since then, I've not killed a man. Um, I didn't have a crazy drug addiction that God healed me from. You know, I, don't, I didn't have anything like that. And sometimes I just kind of feel like, God, I'm just, I'm just doing what you called me to do. But it, I kind of feel small. So here's these people coming back to Jerusalem, trying to rebuild their temple. And God is sending prophets to them. And one of the prophets is this guy, Zechariah, who's speaking for the Lord. And he's just trying to speak to encourage these people and go, just keep going. You're doing good things for God and remember to honor him again and rebuild the temple and do it. You're, you're doing good. And they're just kind of like, but like, the temple's in ruins and we got to start here. We're starting so small and the, the blueprints for the new temple aren't going to be as majestic as the old temple in Solomon's day. And we're just kind of here. And this is this word of encouragement that I love that is really God's heart towards his people from Zechariah 4.10. It says, do not despise these small beginnings for the Lord rejoices to see the work begin, to see the plumb line, which is like a carpenter's tool for measurement, right? To see the plumb line in Zerubbabel's hand. Now, Zerubbabel was kind of like the, 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 I guess you could call him the general contractor or the supervisor of rebuilding the temple. And so what God is trying to say here in a nutshell is this. You guys feel small. You feel like you're just working and just doing the small thing. But God's going, I am so stoked to see my people living the small stuff for me. It means a lot to me. I'm proud of you guys. I am blessed. I rejoice in the small stuff, the small work that's going on in your lives. When you don't think you're doing a whole lot of anything big right now, you're doing more than you think you are. The word that God would have you here this morning is that maybe you've been feeling like you're just living the boring, mediocre, mundane Christian life. There's not much happening. You don't got a God story. God's going, I'm doing stuff in your life that you don't see yet. And it means a lot to me. Isn't it in, in relationships, the little things that, that matter so much that show the love of other people? Would you guys agree that, that, that anybody can do the expected big thing? See, on, my, on Father's Day that just happened, was it last week already? Father's Day was last week? Anyway, my wife um, has a friend that's a professional photographer and he's got all this camera stuff and he bought this camera and he's getting rid of it. And it's a really nice digital SLR camera. And she went and she picked it up. She got a good price on it and she surprised me on Father's Day. And I'm like, whoa, you know, this is an awesome camera. We've never had one like this. All we have is like this one, you know, and we're, we're raising our kids with all of these photos and they're blurry and they're, you know, they're whatever. And um, so she got me this camera and it's a really nice like 18 megapixel, you know, awesome camera. And I'm like, whoa, my wife loves me. I'm so blessed. But you got to hear this. This is the interesting thing is last night when I was on my way up to preach at the um, Saturday night service at 5 p.m., I'm driving up and my, my wife and kids are at home and I get this text, you know, and I, and I 
stop at a stoplight, pull my phone out, take a look while I'm still stopped at the stoplight, and look at my text. And this is what my text said from my wife. Love you. Have fun preaching life to your flock. And she gave me a little heart emoji, emoticon, whatever, right? And she said, I'm proud of you. And then I got my favorite one, which is the smiley face with the kiss. You know that one? Got one of those. I got to tell you this. As incredible as my Father's Day gift was of that digital camera, that simple, small text lifted my spirits and made my heart sore and showed me how much my wife loves me in the small stuff. Are you guys hearing me this morning? God is pleased with the small stuff that you do for him. God is rejoicing because you continue to just walk through your life and you think it's of no consequence. And God goes, I see you. And that pleases me. And because you're doing small stuff with the right heart for me, then I'm gonna come along with my Holy Spirit and partner with you. And I'm gonna create something big and incredible out of that in your life. Are you guys hearing me this morning? This is the word that God would speak to us this morning is that I'm not gonna tell you necessarily some big dramatic God story. I wanna tell you a lot of little stories they kind of show that God is in the small stuff and that you're making a difference and that don't dismiss the normal everyday life that you're living as a Christian because God is working that. He's doing something big. He's in the small stuff. Um, there's a verse that I love in 1 Kings and it's a, it's a story, 1 Kings 19, and it's in 11 and 12. It's a story of Elijah the prophet who was a man of God who worked all these miracles and did all this great stuff. He's Here's the, the point in time we're picking up at. He had just defeated a whole bunch of false religious prophets that were coming and claiming that their gods were better, blah, blah, blah. And it was a showdown from, with hundreds of these guys, the bad guys, and Elijah, the one good godly man that says, my God versus your God, let's do it. Let's call him out. Let's see what happens. And basically, his God showed up. Their God didn't show up. They all got lickings. They all got killed. And Elijah came, conquered that day. He won the battle. But in the midst of that, after feeling all confident, Elijah's human like us. Someone puts a, a death threat on him. Elijah, I'm going to kill you the next time I see you. And suddenly, after the mighty God standing up, he's human like us. And he's like, oh, no. And he instantly goes into insecurity. He goes off looking to talk to God. He's on Mount Sinai. And he's hiding in a cave People are going to kill me, God. All these people, I thought I was strong. And where's all the rest of the righteous people that are standing up for you? It's only me. Poor me. Pity party, right? And he's complaining to God. And God tells him, hey, you know what? Go stand outside of the cave. I'm about to come by. And I'm about to meet with you. And he's like, oh, here we go. Whoa, God's going to show up. Look what it says in verse 11 of 1 Kings 19. God said, go out and stand on the mountain before the Lord. Then it says this, behold, the Lord passed by. It's like, oh my gosh, God showed up. And it says this, a great and strong wind tore into the mountains and broke the rocks in pieces before the Lord. Can you imagine a wind that's just whipping so hard that rocks are being shattered? And Elijah's out there going, oh my gosh, God is here. But then it says this, but the Lord was not in the wind. It says, after the wind, an earthquake. Oh, everything's shaking. Everything's moving around. And Elijah's standing out there. This is crazy, God. This is you. But it says this, but the Lord was not in the earthquake. And it says, after the earthquake, a fire, a dramatic display of God's supernatural power, this huge fire comes along. But then it says again, the Lord is not in the fire. But it says, after the fire, a still, small voice. And God shows up to speak to him in the small. And all throughout the Old Testament and the New Testament, God has a thing about making a point with the small and for us to remember that in our lives, when we feel small and worthless and we're just kind of going through the motions, God is going, I'm in the small stuff too. It doesn't always have to be big stuff to be God stuff. If you're doing the small stuff 
but it's the right stuff, God turns it into big stuff. You guys hearing me this morning? That's the, that's the encouragement that the Lord would have us walk away with today. See, one of my friends came into the office the other day. One of my friends that we go way back, we were in youth ministry together back in the day when we were young. And her name is Tisha, Tisha Layfelt. And she's a, a, one of the new DJs on The Fish, right? 95.5, the Christian radio station. She took Don O'Brien's spot and she's on The Fish now. And she comes in the office and we're sharing stories. And of course, the story she always brings up is back. Remember when we go way back, back to youth ministry? Remember the time you were at the camp and you broke into the girls' cabin to raid them and you broke windows and you shot one girl in the head with a pellet gun? I'm like, ah. Thanks for bringing that up every time I see you, Tisha. And she's laughing, and I'm just like, oh, my gosh. But we were both just joking around of like, think of how far we've come. I'm, I'm just so blessed. I'm proud of her. Tisha, you're amazing. You're doing, you have such influence and such a love for Jesus. You're on the radio. Oh, I love that. And she's going, Carl, to see you as, as the head of this church and all you're doing, I'm so proud of you. And we're both just like thinking back of where we came from, you know? And we're so blessed by that. But one of the things that we talked about was not necessarily all the God miracles that got us to where we're at, but what we were rehashing was all of the time that we have spent in our own quiet times with the Lord, at home, listening to that still small voice, that gentle whisper of God, the times in my life, because I've got a lot of God stories. I've got dramatic stuff that I could share. I've shared them with you before. Cool stuff that God does in me, through me, to me. God is real, and I have some big God stories. But I got to tell you, the reason that I'm a Christian today, the reason that I'm successful in life isn't necessarily because of all the big stuff. It's from those quiet, small times with God, reading my Bible, letting it soak into who I am and, and control my thoughts and my heart life and meeting with my God and putting my requests before him and letting him speak to me. All of those quiet times that nobody sees, me in the shower, me on my, my way to work, driving in the morning, just, just praising him, talking to him, me just in my word, quietly at my bed at night or wherever I'm at. Nobody sees. That's just the normal little small stuff of being a Christian. But that's the stuff that means the most. Never dismiss or neglect or despise the small stuff that you do for God. Amen? Okay, let's get into this thing a little bit more because I think all throughout Scripture, God is in the small stuff. John 6, 9, it tells the story of Jesus as he's preaching on the hillsides to the masses, people coming from all over the place, hearing this guy that does the miracles, and they're just like, this is so new, we've never heard this before. Well, he's been preaching all day long, and it's getting late at night, and the disciples come, and they're like, Jesus, man, you got to let these people go. They're hungry. What are we going to do? How are we going to feed them? Jesus goes, you feed them. Come up with something. They're like, well, what do you mean? We, we can't feed them. And so the best they could come up with was one little kid who had leftovers from his lunch, right? And all he had, you guys know the story, was five loaves and two fish. And it says, it says the, the disciples came up to Jesus and they go, well, there's a young boy here with five barley loaves and two fish, but what good is that with this, this huge crowd? I think God has a specific thing for the small stuff all throughout scripture. Because if you remember how the story plays out, Jesus ends up doing one of the greatest miracles that he ever did in scripture. He fed 5,000 people with this one kid's lunch by multiplying it miraculously. 5,000 men, and it says that there were women and children there too. So thousands of people were fed, but realize this. It all started with one little boy with one little leftover lunch, right? With five small loaves and two small fish, Jesus Christ did one of the greatest miracles that he's, that's known all throughout scripture, because of the small. Are you guys hearing me this morning? The small matters. The small stuff in our lives, God can take and he can do great things with. My, my wife got a letter. Here's another story. My wife got a letter 
um, email or something like a couple months back. It was last year even. But from this awesome couple that we know, young couple, they've got about three kids, but they're traveling the world as missionaries. They, they got trained through YWAM and they're out there spreading the gospel all over the place and they love Jesus and they move in the power of the Holy Spirit and they're, they're changing lives around the world. And we're so proud of them. We're so blessed of them. We got a letter and it was the husband of this couple. And he wrote, and I think it was to me and Kanani, my wife, but specifically to her. And he just said, thank you for investing in my wife all those years ago when she was under your care as a, as a youth girl, as a young teenager. Thank you for pouring into her and just, and just encouraging her in the things of the Lord. And, and she's this amazing woman of God that I've married now and does all of this stuff. And you had a really big part to play in her life. Thank you for investing in my wife all those years ago. And so my wife shared this with me and she's talking. She goes, you know what I did with this girl when she was young? Because she's one of my favorites. She goes, no, you know what I did? I made her come along and help me care for the screaming kids that I'm driving around in my little station wagon, Costco runs, going out, running errands, doing all this. I dragged these girls along with me. They were basically just helping me. And I was at my wits end a lot of times with, with uh, stress of little kids. And I was venting. I was just being real. I was being normal. I was being boring. And I used to have, lead these girls in mini church in our tiny little cottage we have when we first rented and we moved back home from the mainland, tiny, tiny little cottage, so small, we couldn't even fit our couches, it was just this tiny place, and my wife would have mini church with these girls, and they're trying to find places to sit, and she would feed them like ramen noodles and macaroni and cheese, and you know, and she goes, that's all I did for those girls, but you know, it's the small stuff that counts, that this girl grew up to this woman, that is an amazing mom, she's an amazing wife, and she's an amazing missionary, she's doing big things for the Lord, are you guys hearing me this morning? My wife is going, all I did was small stuff. I just lived life with these girls and I didn't, I didn't think it's that dramatic. God uses that small stuff to do amazingly big things if we have the right motives of our heart that are saying we're living our small stuff with intention that we're living for God in all that we do. We're living with the right heart. There's a verse in um, James 3, verses three through five that talks about the small stuff with a right heart can bring dramatic results, can bring really good blessings. It says in the message version, a bit in the mouth of a horse controls a whole horse. It's that one little metal thing that's in the horse's mouth that controls which way he's going to go. A small rudder on a huge ship in the hands of a skilled captain sets a course in the face of the strongest winds. A word, one word out of your mouth may seem of no account, but it can accomplish nearly anything or destroy it. See, I believe as we live our lives in the daily small stuff, if we've got the right heart, God partners with us and he creates something beautiful. Or if we're living the small stuff, but our heart is not right, we have the potential to do a lot of damage. That small stuff can either do really good or can do really bad stuff. And it's having that right heart of intent to know that, God, the words I speak, even if they don't seem like they're that big of a deal, if I'm doing it with your heart, you're gonna do something with it. And it's the prayers I pray, one simple prayer can change someone's life. One simple action, the way I live in front of someone else, can bring a, a dramatic result. Here's another little story that I have. Someone in our church who's a single mom, single parent, raising a little boy, doing her best. That's hard enough. I know if, if you're only the only parent in someone's life, it's hard to raise kids. It's a responsibility. She was in the courtyard one day after church or before church. And the little boy, being a little boy, started acting up, throwing a temper tantrum, started getting wild, yelling, the whole deal, whatever. I'm very familiar with that, you know? And that, that just happens, right? Parents, anybody out there, you've had your kids do that, and you've had them do it in a public place, right? In the grocery store or whatever. And what are you going to do? You can't hit them in front of all these people, right? 
You don't want to give them candy to shut them up because you know that's just going to be more trouble later, right? You're just like, Aah! and it's one of those level 10 stressors sometimes when your kid's blowing up in a public place, let alone church, and her kid was blowing up and in the courtyard, and she was feeling overwhelmed, feeling like, I don't know what to do, feeling embarrassed, feeling like, what are people going to think? Everybody in the courtyard is probably looking at me right now because my kid is so loud. And she sees this, Pastor Rob McWilliam, Pastor Rob McWilliams, heading towards her. And you guys know Pastor Rob McWilliams that speaks with us. And you know what it's like when Pastor Rob's coming towards you? It looks something like this. Right? That's Pastor Rob, right? If you didn't know who I was talking about, you do now, right? He's a... So Pastor Rob comes right her way. Pastor Rob walks right up to her. And in the midst of her freaking out, going, oh my gosh, I'm about to get scolded, or he's going to do this. I'm so embarrassed. Oh my gosh, this is my church, and my kid is freaking out. Rob walks right, right up. And knowing Rob, I don't know the full story, but knowing he probably put his hand on her shoulder. But this is what he said. I heard the words that he said to this effect. You're a great mom, and you're doing a great job. And walked away, because that's how Rob does it, right? <laughs> a few small words, she says, changed her whole perspective in her whole life that day when she's feeling beaten up and feeling like, oh my gosh, embarrassed and all of this, the right small words with the right heart had a dramatic effect. She goes, that changed my life that day. Actually, in the next service she went to, she was at, on such a high already and so open to the Holy Spirit. She got baptized in the Holy Spirit, speaking in tongues, started prophesying over people. It changed her whole life completely. But I believe those few small words that Pastor Rob had for her from the right heart made all the difference in the world. Are you guys hearing me? We need to be intentional about the small stuff. Um, see, if, the, if it's small stuff, but it's the right stuff, God turns it into the big stuff in our lives. And we need to understand that there's power in the small things that we do. Um, and part of the beauty in the small things is that it prepares you for the big things. It's actually a preparation. Actually, Jesus said this himself in Luke 16, verse 10 in the NLT. It says, if you're faithful in little things, then you will be faithful in large ones. In other words, the small living that you're doing for God right now is gonna turn into some really big stuff that God's gonna do in your life or you're gonna do for him. God's just preparing you right now. You're faithful in the small. You're gonna be faithful to be given the big things. He says, but if you're dishonest in little things, you won't be honest with greater responsibilities. See, it still blows my mind to this day that I have this job, this position as a lead pastor of a church and that I work on staff with my best friend Pastor Tom, who's also a pastor, because all I see in us when I look at each other is the teenage years where we were just in trouble all the time in this church. Remember last week, Pastor Tom talked about how we pretended to light the house on fire with the fog machine? That was like typical. That's what we did all the time. Tisha's telling the stories of me shooting kids in the head with a pellet gun. That sounds about right. That's what I, and so I look at Tom, I'm like, how the heck did we get here? This is amazing. I think of the very first mini church we started at like 15 years old where we are the mini church leaders and there's other high school kids in our group and we're leading them. We didn't know what the heck we were doing. But you know what I look at? God was preparing us at 15 years old for where he had us today as pastors of an entire church. And then I think this, what God has me doing right now 
is only preparation for the bigger things to come and the bigger ways that God wants to use me because God is always preparing us in the small stuff for something bigger. And I start to get a little bit excited about the small stuff. Are you guys hearing me this morning? That God has a plan and wherever you're at in whatever season you're walking the small stuff right now, God's going, all I'm doing is preparing you to have greater responsibility to do bigger things, to have a bigger impact in life. He's preparing us for this stuff. I realized that in 1 Samuel 17, the story of... Um, David, when he's the young shepherd boy, and he takes out a giant with a slingshot. You guys all know that one? Goliath, right? But remember that David started as a young shepherd boy that was just defending his flock of sheep from bears and wild animals and stuff like that with his little slingshot and his shepherd's staff. God was preparing him as a young shepherd boy to eventually go on and talk about the small stuff, become the small shepherd boy with one small stone that killed a giant Philistine warrior named Goliath, that defeated a kingdom that day, that defeated an army, that established a kingdom and the greatest king that Israel has ever known. That little shepherd boy turned into King David, one of the greatest, the greatest king Israel has ever known, which allowed this David to leave this incredible dynasty and incredible legacy that led to Jesus Christ being born in his lineage and changed the world and changed our lives forever. But God started with one small shepherd boy. Do you see the repeating theme throughout scripture that God is in the small stuff and that God is in the small stuff preparing you for the big stuff that's later to come? I went through a season recently in my own life where it was a season of me stepping away from kind of ministry. I was on sabbatical last year for three months, going through rough times, freaking out. Why is my world coming down on me? Why are, why are me and my wife going through this? We don't understand where this is all coming from. We just went through some stuff. And I'm not going to get into details, but guess what? One day, it's going to be completely done. I'm going to have the greatest God story ever to share with you guys. I'm going to let you know all the stuff that went down. But right now, we're, we're still working our way out of it. And it's, it's beautiful. But I went through a really rough season. And in that season, I wasn't doing anything big or dramatic. I was focusing on me and Jesus and the Holy Spirit working in my life and the love of the Father in my life. And I was kind of head down in the Word, digging in don't have time to do all the big stuff. I'm just, I just need to get things going. I was living pretty small at the time, not having a huge impact on the greater world, just like taking care of the stuff I needed to. And it, I really felt small at the time. But because of that, because I was digging in deeper and I was going into God and it, looked, it appeared small to everybody else, but I was going to places I'd never been before with myself and in my heart and with, with the Lord. It was so good. And I found that what he was doing was he was preparing me to come out the other end as I'm already experiencing, I'm a better dad now. I'm a better husband now. I'm a better friend now. I'm more compassionate to people going through all kinds of stuff. I'm a better pastor now because I had to go through that small time in my life. God, in that small time, turned my setback into my greatest comeback. And it's only getting better from here on out. And you may be in a place right now where you're feeling small. And you're not doing a lot for the Lord. You love him, but you're just kind of over there and you're, you're hiding and you don't think things are going on in your life. God's going, I'm doing something in that. You got to understand that I'm turning that small stuff into something big later. Just keep holding on, Christian. Just keep walking the walk. God is operating. He's moving. He's preparing you for something big. And I, so I asked myself this question. What if we as a church embrace this message honestly this morning and allowed it to sink in and change our lives? Instead of just going, that was cool, that's good, I'm just going to keep living. But you started being intentional and you went, wait a minute, I'm going to start recognizing 
the small season I'm in right now. I'm going to embrace it and say, it's good. It's not bad. The stuff I'm doing in my life, it's not boring. God's still in the small stuff well. And what if you became thankful? Thank you, God, for opportunities to just live small right now because you're in it. And God, I not only embrace it, not only am I thankful, but I'm going to be purposeful in living out the mediocre, just going to life, going to work, going, being in my office, being a Christian, not being super outspoken. I'm going to be intentional about that. And you're going to find that the people around you in the office start talking. They go, you've changed the the climate around this office. You've changed the atmosphere in here. You've brought peace to this place. We can't describe it, but there's something about you. You know what that is? That's you just living the small stuff and it's having a big impact on people around you. If we took this to heart and we were purposeful about this, we could be doing some of the stuff uh, like this, for instance. I was counseling um, some amazing people in my life and they're a married couple, four kids, but their marriage just took a blow. Something just happened in the marriage that's not good and basically it, it was putting their marriage at risk. And I was counseling them and basically here's all I was saying was, is you need to go and have this one out with one another. You need to go fight. Don't come and just tattle one side to me or anything like that. I'm gonna pray for you guys, but I love you both. You both love the Lord. You need time to go fight, to go talk, to go cry, to do whatever you need to do. You need to work on this because your marriage is valuable. Your kids need you to get this one right. I need you to get this one right. God needs to continue using you as an amazing couple. Go get this one right. And the problem was, but we have four kids in the house and we don't want to fight in front of them. We don't want to do all this stuff. And I said, that's good. Good job. You should protect your kids from getting in, seeing all of that kind of stuff. So I said this, well, I can watch your kids. My, my family can watch your kids. No problem. My kids love your kids. I got three. You got four. Put them all together. Let them go play. I, I just kick back and cruise and watch TV. They just keep themselves busy, right? <laughs> Easy for me. And literally it was. I said, we'll take your kids. You go fight. You go spend time fixing your marriage right now. And so we, we took the kids, no big deal, took them to dinner, took them uh, overnight, let them sleep over. No big deal, seriously, like minor, easy. We got room, no big deal. The next day, pick them up, talk. What happened? Well, thank you for watching our kids. Changed everything. We fought, we cried, we apologized, we prayed. The Holy Spirit came in, he brought healing, he brought restoration. We're stronger, we're wounded, but we're healing and we're good. And Thank you for watching my kids or we would have never had that time with the Lord to allow the healing to come into our marriage. Thank you for watching my kids. Well, to me, was it a big deal to watch their kids? Absolutely not. One of the smallest, easiest, no big deal. We love kids. Small thing that I did enabled a marriage to be healed. Are you guys hearing me? If we are intentional about the small stuff, what can God do to make it big stuff and we can bring about healed marriages? That's just a, for instance, that's a side story. What about this? Intentional small talk to people in you trying to bring them to the Lord. You think you're not having an impact. You think you're just doing minor stuff. You're not preaching at them. You're not reading the word of God. You're doing small stuff. Well, the story, one of the stories about our, our men's pastor, Pastor Lance Lasconia, born and raised, West Side, Waianae, Nanakuli, the whole deal, was into everything you could be into on that side of the island. And uh, his wife got saved. She started going to a church. and took him three years before he became a Christian because every week he would drop her off at church drive and go, go drink with the boys for two hours and then come back, pick her up, and then it would repeat again every week. But you know, he says this. I go, then how in the world did you possibly get saved? He goes, the guys at the church, the pastors, the people at the church, all they ever did was come when I would drop off my wife and they would just say, hey, how's it, Lance? How you doing? You had a good week? Good, all right. Well, we'll see you in a little while after church, right? And they just small talked him 
but with the right heart, the right motives, with love in their hearts. They didn't come out there and try to force him into their church. They didn't come out and condemn him or give him stink eye when he dropped his wife off or picked her up when he was drunk. All they said was, hey, Lance, good to see you again. Hope you have a good week. He would go do his thing. Church is over. He comes back. And they're like, hey, Lance, you drive safe, huh? <laughs> we know where you've been, in other words. But, but all they did was just, they loved on him. And they small talked him. Keyword small. But guess what? After three years, they small talked him into a relationship with Jesus Christ. They small talked him into the family of God. And he said his first time coming in there, he just broke and bawled. And these people loved him. And they were loving him all this time and not forcing their stuff on him. What if we were intentional about the small talk that we give to other people? Instead of it letting it just be small talk, God, this is small talk, but I'm praying into it. God, this is small talk for your glory. God, this is small, and I don't think it's doing anything big, but I know you can do big things through me because I serve you. Amen? You guys hearing me this morning? This small talk is so important. Living a godly life just as you are in front of your kids because your kids are watching. So I got a, I got a Father's Day card from my, my daughter who's 16. And just to kind of set the stage for you, it's hard to be a father of a 16-year-old girl. Can I get an amen to that? It is hard because my daughter's in private school. She leaves the house every day before I even wake up. She comes home late. And then being the good teenager that she is, she walks right into the house, straight into her room and shuts the door behind her, right? And there's nothing bad. She doesn't dislike me or anything. I was a youth pastor for years. I know that that's just how teenagers are. Anybody, amen to that? They just hide, right? They don't want to have anything to do, whatever. She's in her room. I don't know what she's doing. And she's a teenage girl. And I, I really don't know what she's doing. You know, I can't relate. So when we get together and we have time, I try my best to talk to her, but it's, it's just awkward, right? Because I'm, it's hard. I was a youth pastor, but it's still hard because she's your own kid. And I love her to death. She's my firstborn, you know? And I'm always just thanking God for the times that we connect. And, and I love her. And we, you know, we talk. I'm, maybe I'm making it sound worse than it actually is, but I feel kind of sometimes distant. I don't get the time in her life. And I feel like all that she ever sees or hears is, is the small passing moments, you know? Dinner, then to her room, and, you know, just like the, the little things here and there. And what I found out on Father's Day, and as it blows my mind all the time, is kind of what I was expecting in a Father's Day card from a teenage girl that I'm trying to connect with would just be the standard, hey, love you, Dad, happy Father's Day, thanks a lot. But my daughter, she does art. She does this amazing art and stuff, and um, she actually drew a picture of, like, Darth Vader and stuff like that. And the reason was, she goes, my name's not Luke, but you are my father. Um, <laughs> I am your father, Luke. But, so she wrote me that. I thought, that's, that's good. She gets my humor. But she wrote to me this card, and this is what it says. She said, thanks for being the raddest dad ever. I am so lucky to have been birthed by you and mom. <laughs> Even though things are rocky sometimes, you're always calm and peaceful, and that's really great. Also, thanks for trying to raise me, Isaac, and Sam to reflect God's heart. I'm very thankful for all the time that we spent at your youth group growing up and all the stuff up at the church. Thank you for telling people about Jesus. Sometimes that's really hard to do. And she said, thank you for being brave. You make me brave. I love you. And see, um, this is what I get out of that. That's what I get out of that. My, wife, my daughter is watching the small stuff that I do in life. I just thought I was living my life, but my daughter's watching. And you guys got to know that there's people that are watching how you live your small life for Jesus Christ and that it's making a difference and nothing goes unnoticed. 
And God is rejoicing to see you live out the small things in your life. There's a verse in Colossians 3.23 that says, whatever you do, big or small, work at it with all your heart as working for the Lord, not for human masters. Since you know that you will receive an inheritance from the Lord as a reward. It is the Lord Christ you are serving. Do not despise the day of small beginnings. Do not despise the small stuff. There's an author, that Napoleon Hill. He wrote all these books on success and making money and getting ahead in life, but he was a Christian. And he just wrote this simple quote. If you cannot do great things, do small things in a great way. Is that good? Let's bow our heads and, and pray right now. Father God, we come before you this morning rejoicing in the fact that you look at every little thing that we do and you're pleased and you're proud. If we're doing things with the right heart after you, God, you take the small and you make it big as we partner with you. And we're thankful for that. Lord, I pray that people in this church right now, my family here, would be encouraged to know that God is watching, that God is pleased, and that you, Christian, sitting here this morning, hearing this word, this word was for you, that God sees what you're doing. And you may not feel valuable, you may not feel like you're doing that much, but you're doing the little that you do unto his glory and it's making a difference and he's preparing you for bigger things. So just hold on. So many people in scripture, we read about their big God stories. We got to read before that in scripture that they had years and years of living small, of loving God and just doing the normal stuff that doesn't even get mentioned in the Bible and that they were just living for you and God in the midst of that, you were blessing them and preparing them for the big miracle or the big God story that we read about. But Lord, even Jesus didn't begin public ministry till he was 30 years old. And even in that, he only spent three years doing that public ministry. Beforehand, all we read about is a miraculous birth. We read about him at the temple at 12 years old. But in the meantime, even Jesus, the son of God, was just living small for you. It's not even mentioned in the Bible. He was just loving his parents, loving people around him, loving you. And just one day at a time, living small for you. And Lord, you rewarded that and you reward that in us too. Help us to, to take pride and to embrace and be thankful for and live with purpose in the small seasons of life. And I want to say a prayer right now. I just want to pray for anybody in this room that's never made a commitment to Jesus, that's never made a commitment to God. You know you should and you know about God and you've heard about him before, but you've never really officially dedicated or committed your life to him and his purposes. You've never truly asked him to forgive you for the way of life you were living and just to, to bless you and to cleanse you and to make you his own child. And you need to know that there is a God in heaven that loves you enough that he created a plan for you to come back to him. That all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. We're all sinners. We all live according to our own desires and flesh and our own interests. But God made a way back through his son Jesus to come to this earth to show us who God the Father is and to show us his love. That he actually went to the cross to be, died a crim to be killed as a criminal. He died as a criminal. Though he didn't deserve it, he never did anything wrong. But he died for us to pay the price for our sins and our separation and our walking away from him and his purposes. He died so that he could pay the price for the wrong that we have done. So that if we put our trust in him, then we realize that Jesus rose on the third day, defeated death, defeated guilt, shame, hurt, baggage, issues, all the stuff that we deal with. He died for that. He killed it once and for all so we wouldn't have to pay the price for that. That he could give us freedom. And right now we're going to pray a prayer for anybody in the room that has never really made that commitment, that's never really understand the price that was paid, that's never allowed Jesus to be who he is and to, to save us and to forgive us and to, to walk through life with us and all of eternity with us. And if that's a prayer that you'd like to pray right now, I would love to have the privilege of leading you in that prayer. It's a prayer that basically says, I want to be a Christian. 
from this day forward, I will follow Jesus. I will follow the love of the Father. I will allow the Holy Spirit to work in me and to do new things. Lord, from this day on, I realize I'm a child of God and I will live for you and your purposes. If that's a prayer that you'd like to pray, I would love this morning to pray that with you. I'm so blessed to be able to pray that prayer with you, to lead you in that. And so here's what we're going to do. If that's you and you'd love to pray that prayer before we pray together, I'm just going to let you know, I'm going to pray it out loud. I'm going to say some words and I'm going to ask that you would just quietly in your heart, make this commitment to God. You would pray the words I'm praying out loud. You'd pray them under your breath as a commitment to God. After service, you can go and tell people, be proud of it. Hey, I pray that prayer. Go brag on God and brag on what just happened in your life. That's the greatest thing to rejoice over. But right now, I know it's a heart issue. So I want you just to pray with me. But before I pray, I want to know who's praying with me. The way I'm going to know if you're praying that with me is I'm going to count to three. People seated around you have their eyes closed and their heads bowed, but I'm looking right now. And when I count to three, I'm going to ask that you would raise your hand to let me know, Pastor, I want to pray that prayer with you. The prayer that will change my eternity, the prayer that will set me right before God, that will activate his works and miracles in my life. The fact that he loves me like no other, he forgives me of everything. If you want that to happen in your life, on the count of three, just please raise your hand. One, two, three. Would you raise your hand if that's you right now and just hold it up till I see you? I see one here. I see two. I see three. I'm looking around. Is there anybody else? I saw about three. I see four over there. Praise God. The people are clapping because they know what this means right now. There's about four people in the room that just said yes to Jesus. And if that was you, put your hand down. I want you just to pray with me this prayer. Make it your own as I pray it out loud. God, I'm here today and I recognize my need for you. Lord, I realize that I've been living my life on my own, but there is something bigger and better out there, and I believe that that is you and your plans for me. So, Father, right now, I take this moment to give you my heart, to give you my life, to repent, which means to turn away from the life I was living for myself before my own selfish motives. And, Lord, from this moment on, I put you as the king in my life, the Lord of my life, my Savior, my best friend. Lord, we're starting a new relationship right now as I am surrendering my life to you. Lord, I believe and receive what Jesus did on the cross in dying for my sins, Lord. And I say, yes, I receive the price that was paid and the blessing and the gift of salvation and having a relationship with you. Lord, I understand right now as I begin to put my trust in you and to live for you all the days of my life, Lord, I don't have to fear death anymore because I know where I'm going for all eternity. And Lord, the relationship and the blessing starts right now on earth is that now I know for certain that you have my back and that you're walking with me, and that your Holy Spirit is moving in me to do things that I could never do on my own. And Lord, what's amazing to hear is that the small stuff matters, that you see me, and you see the little things I'm going through, and it matters to you, and you rejoice in me as I live for you. So thank you, God, as I'm praying right now, I have just started a relationship with you, my King, my God, my Savior, and my best friend. I look forward to what you're going to do in my life as I read the Bible as I, as I begin to commit to going to church, this church or any good Bible-believing church that teaches the truth about who you are. Father God, as I get baptized, maybe even today at the beach, Lord, just to outwardly show everybody that my life is laid down. I'm dying to my old self and I'm a new creation in you. All my sins are clean because of you and what you did on the cross. So Lord, from this day forward, I pray that you would lead me, guide me, fill me with the power of your Holy Spirit. I need all the help that I can get. Thank you for calling me your child this moment, this day, this June 22nd, 2014, the day that I met you. Thank you, Father God. In Jesus' name, the church said, amen. Can we praise God for those people that just pray that prayer? Amen, amen.